in heart with God, with Jesus when he, he was there. She had, uh, had to have several things. She had to have a listening heart. She had to, her heart had to listen to God. She had to have a prioritized heart. She had to you know, make sure that she was putting God first. We said if God wasn't first, then he might as well be last. Because he's, he's not going to be second. Y'all shall have no other gods before me. And then a connecting and committed heart. She needed to connect to God. And then she needed to be committed to God. You know, and that was very important. God wants us to have a passionate, faith-filled heart. And then the second week, um, we, we talked about um, the, uh, Joshua. Joshua and him taking the, the Israelites into the promised land and how that, that God spoke a word to him in her prayer and if God spoke to him that word, that same word that was for the Israelites that God gave him is the same word for us. And that was a word of purpose, that you have a purpose. No matter who you are and what's going on in your life, that you have a purpose. And everybody in this room, everybody watching online, you have a purchase or you have a purpose and you were purchased by God. And also, there is a promise. This, this book is a whole bunch of promises for you. And he wants you to know that you have a purpose. And when you read this word, he shows you his purpose for you. And when you read this word, you see all the promises that he has for you. And when you read this word, um, and when you pray and you seek his face, his presence is always there with you. So today, we're going to talk about the new focus of, of prayer. So, so when you have a problem, where do you go? If you have a problem and you, you, your car breaks down, do you go to the mechanic? If you, you, know, if, if you uh, have a scratchy throat, uh, do you go to a doctor? If you have a, a, a tax question, do you go to your accountant? If, if, if you have something going on um, in your life, what, if you have a math question uh, or what birthday somebody has, do you go to, to an encyclopedia? No, we go to Dr. Google, right? We don't go to doctors. We look on Google, and Google tells us what's wrong with us and tells us we're going to die because our pinky toes swell up a little bit. And we're probably going to have gangrene and cut my whole leg off. And then because of that, then I'm not going to be able to walk. And I'm going to limp on my left side. It just goes on and on and on and on, right? You know, then that's what happens. You can find all kinds of homemade remedies. I wonder how much money has been saved by people going to Google and doing it yourself. And then I wonder how much more money people have gotten paid because they did it themselves, right? But the thing is, is that, that obviously Google can't fix everything, right? It can give you some opinions, it can give you thoughts and processes, but it can't fix everything. Google can't get you a job. It can show you where a job, jobs are at, but it can't get you that job. Google cannot restore your marriage. Google, Google can, cannot help you when you're in a financial pinch. Google cannot help you during the most desperate times of your life. But Google is our go-to. And I know my, 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 my son and my daughter that John and Sydney, if, if we have a question or something, he'll say, well, let, I don't know, let me see. He'll pull out his phone and, oh, here it is. Just so many authors, so many questions in life, we go, just pull out your phone, we go straight to Google and find out what it is. That's our, that's our go-to. What if our go-to was prayer? Just like we pull out that phone, our, before we pull out that phone, we prayed about the big things and the small things. But I don't feel like our prayer our go-to is prayer because we feel like that we only need to go to God for the big things. We, God's only there for my big depression, depressing moments. God is only there for the times that I am desperate. I don't deal with other things with God. God's my doctor whenever I need something like that. So today I want to talk to you about the parable of the persistent widow that will help you understand 
that God is for all your needs. And it gives you an opportunity for God to work in our lives. And it gives you, he wants you to see that he desires to meet our needs. We, a lot of times we feel like that God doesn't want to meet our needs because we feel like we're unworthy. We feel like we don't deserve to go to him in prayer except for forgiveness and except for other things. I'm not really good enough. I don't live a good enough Christian life. To, to really go to him, you know, because I'm concerned about this or because I need a job or because I, I, I lost my keys and those small things. I don't want to bother him like that. And that's just not how God is. Matter of fact, let's read Luke chapter 18, 1 through 8. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story. He told them a story to show how they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow that, of that city came um, to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The, the judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God and I don't care about people, but this woman's driving me crazy. I'm going to see, I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, then the Lord said, um, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Unjudged. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So you don't think God which is surely, surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out day and night to him? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? Who have faith. There's two things that I'm going to tell you today. Two, there's three points. Two of them is going to be things that you need to remember. And the second one is something that you need to repeat. And the first thing, the first point today is that prayer is powerful when we understand God. When we understand God. Um, see, th th this judge was an unjust judge. And this scripture comparison compares this judge to God. Now, this, this judge was unjust, ungodly, and it says he didn't even care about people. Now, is God that way? No. Okay? But it's, it's putting in perspective. In a minute, you'll see the whole story put together of the differences and in in the similarities. But the thing was is that, 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 that he represents God and, and to us, and we represent the persistent widow. So when we come to God, we got to realize that he is gracious and that he is kind and he wants to help us. Exact, I mean, Exodus 36 and 6 says about the Lord, as it says, the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. And God is walking through this altar today and around you in this room, letting you know that, that I have compassion and mercy for you. And his unfailing love and faithfulness is for you. And he wants to be there and help you in every part. There's not one part of your life that he's not concerned about. No matter what it is in your life, whatever it is that's bothering you, whatever you're worried about, whatever you're going through, no matter how big or how small, God is concerned about it and wants to help you and wants you to talk to him about it. If you have a child and your child is upset because in, in the make-believe world, the, 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 little, the little teddy bear and, and, the, and the little Barbie and Ken doll got in a fight, okay? And the little child comes to you all upset and crying, you know, what kind of parent would you be to say, Ah, oh, get over it, kid. Go back and play. They're fake. Right? 
I mean, so, 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 so it doesn't matter. If it means something, you go to that child, and you're like, oh, no. You sit down, and you, you say, look here, guys. we got to fix this. Y'all are arguing. You, you play make-believe with them. All right? But this isn't make-believe with God. It's real. And whenever we go to him, no matter how small it is, whether it's something, a, a pet that's, that, that's sick in our, in, our, in, our, in our life, or if we lost our keys, or if we need a car, we're, we're praying about sickness, and we're praying about COVID, you know, whatever, God wants us to come to him. And he has mercy and unfailing love and faithfulness for that. And when we understand how good, a, how good of a father God is, then we'll realize how compassionate and, compassionate and merciful he is and how willing he is to help us. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still, still sinners. That's how good of a God he is. That while we were still sinners, he sent Jesus, his son, to die for us. Knowing that a lot of the world's going to turn against him. That's going to spit in his face and mock him and ridicule him and go to hell. And he still sent his son in case they decided in their free will to turn their heart and life to God. And when we think God isn't good, at, um, isn't good or less good, it impacts how we look at Him. We think God, He's a good God, but He's just a good God for, for, for problems. He's just a good God for, it's like we think, look at Him just as a doctor or a psychologist that just fixes things like that. We don't look at Him as a daddy. We need to start looking at Him as Abba Father, Daddy God. And say, God, you care about every single thing in our lives. And there's a lot of things that we go through in our lives that we really don't have to because we're trying to deal with it on our own rather than going to God with it. Because this is small, but a whole bunch of small things, you, you, you could take a little rubber band and ball it up. But then you get 10,000 rubber bands balled up around each other and it becomes big. Right? Probably, I don't know how big 10,000 would be. But, but I'm just saying it would be big, right? You know, and so your little itty-bitty problems that you have, they're going to... They're gonna, consume one another and it eventually can become bigger than your big problem um luke chapter 9 um, 7 i'm sorry luke 7 9 through 11 you parents if your children ask for a loaf of bread do you give them a stone instead or if they ask for a fish do you give them a snake of course not so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would the Heavenly Father give good gifts um, to those who ask Him? And once we understand that and understand how good God is, is that even if your child is being rebellious and your child is in timeout or restriction and your child is in your room because they've done this horrible, awful thing, when it's time for supper, you don't throw a stone in there and say, eat that, son. You don't throw a snake in there. You still feed them good food. You still give them that, unless you got them on bread and water for three days or something like that. I don't know about no plan. But you still give them good stuff. And he's saying, look, if us as sinful human beings, as parents, we love our children that much that we wouldn't give them a stone to eat, how much more does a heavenly Abba Father love us to give us what we need? Understanding God's goodness is, uh, is connecting to how we look at Him in other things besides time, big times of need. Could it be that we don't ask God for things because we have a diminished view of who He really is? That He's just this figmentation out there that handles all our problems. He's just a genie and he's just, we, just, we just get from Him what we want when we want it and we just, we just do that. Or, and we don't really look at Him as a personal father, uh, Abba, uh, our friend that sticks closer than a brother. If we really believe how good God was 
and really understood how great his love for us, then it would motivate us to go to him more often. Because he gives good and perfect gift. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. Number two, that one we're supposed to remember who God is. Number two, this one is we got to repeat. Prayer is more powerful when we understand persistence. See, this action has to be repeated. It's really the whole point of this whole parable. It's about re repeated prayer. And I have for so long in my life, especially as a kid, I would re repeat, repeat. And I'm like, God, I know you're just tired of hearing me say this. And I, got, and I feel like I just, I got to stop because I feel like you're tired. Because, you know, our, our children a lot of times come to us, you know, they go on and on. And you're like, just stop it now. Just quit asking me that question. But that's us as humans. The Heavenly Father is like, you come to me, ask me 10 million times, and it's okay. See, this widow was not going to allow her request to be dismissed. She was not going to give up. She was not going to quit. Now, the key to her, the key to her um, wasn't her strength of her, her case that she had, that this guy had been so bad and she deserved justice. The key to that was not the case value. She, you know, she could have been guilty. But what really came to this judge was her consistency of her inquiries. Have you ever met someone that was like that? They came to you, and they, they asked you, and asked you, and asked you, and finally you just, my God, here. You just give it to them because he just asked so much? Well, that, that's what it is. It, her, her fear was, uh, his, his fear was selfish, though. He did it because he's like, I just want to leave her, get her to get out of my life and leave me alone. You ever had somebody that, you know, a lot of times we look at God like, like you know, that we pray to God one time, and he doesn't answer it, so we just think he's not going to do it. Have you ever had somebody to ask you for something and you forgot about it and they didn't ask again and then later on you say something about it and you're like, they're like, you know, well, hey, well, I asked you about it one time and you're like, but yeah, but you didn't keep telling me that you wanted it. So I thought that you didn't want it anymore, right? But no, I, had, I still, but see, that's how, it, I wonder if, that, if it's that way with God. We, we go to God one time and because of, if you really listen to this scripture and this passage, he's really saying, if you really want it, keep coming to me. And our, our, our persistence with him really really decides how much we want something and how bad because so many times we go to God and he doesn't do it in our timing we want to give up and quit what if we, just because we prayed one time he heard us but he didn't answer us until he saw that we really wanted this because you had you've had kids that ask for something your children's asked for stuff and you know they didn't need it and they didn't want it and tomorrow they change their mind and want something else so maybe God maybe maybe God's like that okay let's see what you want and, and if you really want it you're going to keep coming to me it pulls, it pulls it into communication that God is not just like this unjust judge. He's a good God, and he loves people. And if persistence worked on this bad judge, then persistence will work on the good judge. What's he saying at the beginning? Verse 1, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them. Jesus said, I'm going to show you how you should pray and not give up. So that is, that, that is telling you. I'm telling you, I'm showing you how to pray and not give up. This is what you're supposed to do. Keep going to God. Keep going to God. Keep going to God. Keep, keep praying. Keep petitioning. Keep going up. Yes, say thank you. Lord, I thank you that you're going to do this, but I'm still needing it. Yes, God, I'm praying that, that this will happen, and I'm praying you know, that, that this will happen, and I thank you that you're going to do it, but I'm still wanting it. I'm still needing it. I had not showed up yet. This whole, this whole parable is all about showing us that we got to keep going to God. What have, what have, you, what have you gave up on with God? What have you stopped praying for because he didn't answer in your time? Or what is it, what is it that, you, that you gave up on God and, God and God hasn't answered because you haven't been persistent? You haven't really showed him that you really wanted it. 
What, what, what is happening in your life right now that is small? I can't tell you. There's only one time in my life that I, I, that I, I always, when I lose my keys, I always pray. And every single time in my life of 50 years, I have prayed to find my keys. And I found them every single time but one. And that's because they were in a dumpster somewhere, in a dump truck somewhere that went on, and I couldn't go chase it. Because I know where they were at eventually, but I couldn't go get them. So I knew where they were at. So he still answered the prayer and helped me remember where I threw them at. And I went about that place, and then, then I realized it was, it was in a dump truck somewhere. But, but even something like that, I mean, very often I'll say, God, help me remember this right here. And so many, so often it'll come to me. You know, God, God will help you with that kind of stuff. But even the small things in your life, it's very possible that, 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 like I said, God may not answer our prayers after one prayer. He can and he will, and he does. But I'm just saying, based on this scripture and this parable, he really wants us to keep coming to him more and more. Look at what Jesus says in verse 6. Then he said, then he told them. After he said, here's, I'm going to tell you how to do this so you can know how to pray and not give up. And then verse 6, he says, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a, a decision in, in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to the chosen people who, um, ch um, who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. See, it's all about you not giving up when you pray. We're supposed to not give up in life, right? And I think we have all understand that. We tell everybody, don't give up. We need to tell people, don't give up in prayer as well. Prayer is so important. Prayer is so valuable. Powerful prayer is not a 30-second once-prayed prayer. It's every morning, every night, every day, a prayer, a consistent prayer. And if you keep praying and praying and praying, you will get an answer. Yes? No? Wait, or I've got a better plan. How different would this, this year look? How different would have 2021 looked if you prayed about more things than you did? How will your future look if you'll go back and start praying for those things that you did pray for and you quit praying for? And then, finally, number three. Prayer is powerful when we understand our position. I talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago. Luke chapters 18 and 7. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep, them put, keep putting them off? His chosen people. You are a child of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You have the authority, you know, to, to walk right into the throne room boldly and ask God for whatever you need. And you're not bothering him. You're not a burden to him. He's a burden lifter. He's a burden bearer. My, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. You're the head and not the tail, above, not beneath. You know, you're more than a conqueror. You know, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And God wants you to go to him. You are his chosen people. You are a Christ. I am nothing. You are a Christian. You are a Christian. You are in Christ. And you have the authority to walk up to the king because you are his son. And you are his daughter. And you can walk up there and ask for what you want boldly. And he's not going to make you feel stupid like maybe a parent has or a friend has or, or principal or teacher has. He's not. He's going to be very loving with you, and he's going to help you, and he's going to be there for you. We have to understand the comparison. And see, well, what's the comparison there? Well, because this, this woman is compared to us, but see, this was a widow. She was an older widow, so she was old, 
and she was an old lady, and, 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 and at that time, being a widow and a lady was not really a good, powerful thing. It is today, you know, because, because of, of, of we open our eyes to things and see that, that women are equal to men. It's always been that way. Just people finally opened their eyes to it, right? So the thing is, is, but in that day, she was a widow, she was alone, and she was weak and pitiful. And that's, he's saying, so if this pitiful, weak woman with an unjust judge gave her what she wanted, then how about a powerful man, a woman of God, child of God, standing before the almighty El Shaddai, saying that they wanted something. How much more will they get what they want? God has always had a heart for widows and orphans. Don't get me wrong, but that's, that's a powerful matter of fact. James says some of the most pure ministry you can do is giving to widows and orphans. You know, and it's, and it's the most, one of the most pure religious things you can do is because they need help. But in this parable, it's not about how to treat widows. It's about simply using a very power, powerless position to compare to a very powerful position of who, who we are in Christ. This begs, to get, this begs the question here. How do you view yourself? Do you view yourself as a child of God, a woman of God, a man of God, a son of God, a daughter of God? Or you, do you view yourself as an orphan or a stepchild? There's nothing wrong with stepchildren, but sometimes they feel that way. And, and one of the hardest things for a parent to understand is try to get a parent to understand is that you're my stepchild, but I love you as my own. See, we were grafted in. And whenever you, when you're accepted, you were grafted in, but sometimes that feeling is like that. So how do you feel today? Do you feel like, like you, that you are less than, that you, that you don't deserve to go before the king? Because if you do, you need to change your focus on God and how you look at him. And because what it is, it's not only that you're looking at yourself like you're nothing, you're looking at him like he's nothing. And you're saying, I don't believe you, God. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. All, you, all that stuff, you sending your son to die on the cross for me was for nothing because I still feel like I'm nothing and nobody. That's our own fault. That's because we're looking at ourselves wrong and we're looking at God wrong. Hebrews 4, 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Therefore, he will answer his mercy. I'm sorry. Therefore, we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And then here in closing. Prayer shouldn't be seen as a burden or an obligation, but an opportunity to see God work in his life. Some of you here and online or wherever, they hear about this Tuesday night thing, have already made up your mind, well, I'm not going to, it's just you're praying, I'm not going to go do that. But you're probably having a hard time praying at home, and this is an opportunity for you to come and get your 15 minutes in, <laughs> you know, for that day. You know, you can't pray for an hour and count that for four days either now. Okay, but, but you know, it's a time to get there and pray together and, 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 and bend the knee at the house of God and be, be with a brother and sister and, and pray together. And that's an opportunity for us. And, we, and Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you want and thank Him for all He's done. Literally, no prayer is too small. No prayer is too little that God is not concerned about it. you got to go to God with every single thing in your life. And I'm not saying... Being, being, being religiously stupid and say, well, what color pants should I wear today, God? What, kind of, what color tie should I put on? You know, I'm not talking about crazy, little freaky stuff like that. 
So I'm talking about our everyday needs in our life and this kind of stuff like that. Let God order your steps and let God direct you and guide you. The Bible, but I don't know, I, but, but I'm really, listen, the Word of God says God is concerned about every sparrow that falls from the sky. Every little itty bitty bird that you can hold in the palm of your hand, He's concerned about every little sparrow that don't have a soul. But you have a soul. And he died. He didn't die for the sparrow. He died for you. And if he's concerned about the sparrow, how they are, then you know he's concerned about you as well. So don't give up after a few times of of asking. Keep asking. And understand your place of authority. Understand your place of royalty. And I know you don't want to think that way. But it says you're, you're a chosen priesthood. You're, a ro- you're royalty. You, you're a chosen priesthood. You're a royal generation. You are priestly. You, you, you are a son and daughter of the king. That makes you, you know, princesses and princes. And you have the right to go to God at any point in time and talk to him. Another reason why we don't go to him is because we're so distant from him. We hadn't talked to him in so long and hadn't prayed in so long. We feel like I've been gone so long, I, I know I, I'm going to show back up. I have people right now that, that I, somebody talked to me not too long ago and said, you know, so-and-so called. And I said, well, have you called them back? No, it's been so long now, I feel I, I'm embarrassed to call back since it's been so long. We feel embarrassed to go to God because it's been so long since we really prayed with Him. But we got to get over that. And come boldly and say, God, I haven't talked to you in a long time, and forgive me, I'm sorry. And that's on me. But I know that you still love me, and you still care. I want to give you ten things. I read a book this week that, that had these ten things in it, and I thought I would add it to my message. And it's ten, ten ways to get prayers answered. Number one, pray in, Jesus, pray in the name of Jesus. When you pray... Always say, always end up your prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus. Also, a pray according to God's will. Say, God, always say, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. God, I want this, I want, this is my desire, this is my, my ask, but I want your will to be done. Pray with the dependence on the Holy Spirit. Now, God, I ask this, now I ask that you send the Holy Spirit to help me work and walk this out. Pray with faith. If you don't have faith that God's going to do it, then why are you even wasting your time praying? you got to pray and you got to believe. Pray with a right relationship with God. You need to be a Christian. You know, I said this before, the, pray, the only prayer to, that God hears of a sinner is a prayer of, of, of salvation, of repentance. you got to pray with passion. I'm not talking about, oh God, oh God, you ain't got to scream it. When I say passion, I mean with conviction. Maybe conviction is a better word than passion there. In other words, you got to pray and have, be convicted. God, I want that. I need this. God, you know, just like that. Pray with persistence, as we just learned. Pray with boldness, as we just continue to learn more about. And pray with thanksgiving, as we talked about at the beginning. And lastly, pray knowing that God hears you. And then if I, I didn't, this was not on there, but I would say pray and know that you're not bothering or burdening God. I have people all the time tell me, Pastor Doug, I didn't want to call you because I didn't want to bother you. No, it's not a bother. 
It's my job. It's what I love. I love helping people. When you, when you, are, you are my sheep, and if there's a sheep that's hurting, or a sheep that's going, or 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 something that's going on good in your life, I want to be a part of it. I want to know about it. I want to help. And if I can't, I'll call you back, or I'll tell you I can't right now. We'll get together next week. Whatever, it's fine. I can, I, I got a, I got a, a, a little way to, to handle that. But I'm concerned about it, and I want. And so, if Pastor Doug, the 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 the, the person that he is, as as uh, insignificant as I am. If I, it's not a bother for you to come tell me your needs, why can't we go to God and know that He's going to handle your needs? It's not a bother to me, so I know it's not a bother to Him. Because when it's what you do, you don't mind. Pastor Kevin sells cars. So you go to him and ask him about a car. It's not going to bother him that you ask him for a car. He, li- he likes that. He wants to sell you a car. Right? So it's not a burden. But if you come to me, I'm like, go talk to Pastor Kevin because I don't care about you buying a car. Go talk to Pastor Kevin. Right? I want to I help you, lead you in the right direction, but when it comes to I don't do that. Right? So if you come to, if you come to me saying, hey, you know, I, I, I'm sick and I'm, I'll pray for you, but I'm going to send you to the doctor. Right? So, but when you go to God, he's, got, he's all of that. He's a provider. Jehovah Jireh provider. He's Rafa the healer. He's, I mean, he's everything. He's your victor. He's your banner. He's everything. And so when you come before God, go before Him boldly. And start going to Him with everything. And talk and build a relationship with Him. And understand, get, up, get over the fact that, that you hadn't prayed in a while or you don't pray a lot and, and begin to do that. That's what this 100 days of prayer is. And it's only 15 minutes a day of praying and reading your Bible. And I'll be honest with you. I'll just be straight up as your pastor. If you can't spend 15 minutes a day praying and read your Bible, I question your commitment to your faith. Because it's only 15 minutes out of your whole entire day. Look at your screen. Go, go, go look, on, look on your phone and look at your screen time for this week. Come on. 15 minutes is not a lot of time out of a 24-hour period. I can't wait till we get to the place where you're like, okay, pastor, you need to triple that because I do, I, do, I do a whole lot more than that every day. You know, maybe you need to do that now. And don't beat yourself down when you miss a day, when you, when you mess up. and you don't, 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 don't beat yourself down. Don't feel like, oh, God, I can't go to you tomorrow because I'm embarrassed because I missed the last two days. No, things happen in your life. It's okay. It's about consistency, keeping on the track. But every, not, not just, just church, every Christian in America, in the world, should be able to do 15 minutes a day. Not should be able, should be doing 15 minutes a day, whether we're in 100 days of glory or not. But sometimes we get all focused, and all this is, is to refocus us back to, hey, remember where you need to be at. So God, help us today. As next week we come back, Father, and talk about New Year, new relationships, and new friends, and it's going to be a great time talking about relationships next week, Lord. Help us, Father, to have that listening, prioritized, committed, connected heart to you, Father. Father, help us, Lord, to remember the promises and the purpose, Father, and the plans that you have for us, God. And help us today, Father, know, Lord Jesus, that we have to understand who we are, who you are in our position, God. And, 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 and we have to understand, Father, that we're never burdening you or, or burdening you over and over. You ask us. You taught us. Jesus taught a parable just to tell us to keep coming and asking for prayer. Help us today learn that, Lord. Help us to become closer to you, Father. Help us to seek your face more. 
Help us to get on our face today if we haven't really been praying a lot. And just repent and say, Lord, forgive me, I haven't spent time with you. Because I love my wife, Lord, but if I, don't love, if I don't spend time with her, Lord, I'm not going to be very close to her. And Lord, if I don't spend time with you, I'm not going to be very close to you. And if I'm not very close to you, it's going to hurt, hurt my heart to try to want to come to you and ask you for something because I feel guilty and shameful because I haven't been there um, around you very often, Father. But that's not what your word says. Your word says, come boldly. Even if I haven't come lately, come boldly. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Bless your name, Lord. Help us to understand and get back to the basics, Lord, of praying and reading the word and spending time with you. And bless our Tuesday night efforts, God, over this next hundred days, Lord, that we were able to come bend our knee just in private prayer, God. Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, you don't have to come on to You can do it at your house. I'm not saying that you have to come on to I'm just saying it's, it's an opportunity. It's another 